G'day, g'day, and welcome to episode 24 of Last Bloke Pod, or as it's known in English, the Bloke Pod. The bloke, the, the pod of blokes, maybe? Pod of blokes, yeah. Yes. I like that. Yes. Wrath of Khan, pod of blokes. The pod of blokes. <laughs> and of course, I know that word is Wrath, but I'm just yeah. going with Wrath for the title. Just going to say, if uh, Star Trek ever gets to episode 37, the the pot of blanks, you know that uh, they're, they're well and truly scraping. So very, very tired. There is, there is a barrel that is, that, that, not only they scraped the bottom, they've got, they've actually got past them. I was going to say, there's probably a loaded barrel in the director's mouth as well. But let's move on. Alright, we're going to kick back into a bit of a musical vibe today. Yep. Um, an idea that we had for a podcast was, now, for those of you who are sort of you know, Generation Y sort of thing. This may shock you, but back in the day, there were these things known as albums. Now, Although you might have referred to them as CDs. Or albums. But before you could just jump onto the iTunes store and download these songs just, you know, one at a time. Onto your your iPad or your iPod. Exactly. Yes, we were talking about, I guess, great albums, and we were saying that one of the the best experiences you can have musically is to open up that brand new CD, take it out, put it in your CD player, and press play. And it's that first song, that first experience, that that first listen that you have of the album. And we're thinking, yeah, let's do a top ten of those, yeah, those first ten And, uh, and I mean, the other thing about the albums itself was, you know, everybody in admitting that the, the craft of putting the album together making sure that they were building that momentum with that first song. The decision for the first song was always the, mm. probably the most important that yeah. they were actually Compared making. to today where it's probably like, well, we've got sort of the pre-released single, we've got two other singles that we're going to release, so we'll scatter them randomly throughout it and then put the rest of the filler somewhere in between. Yeah. These are back in the days where albums were designed to be listened to in order from start to finish. So, so we're going to start with the starts. That's right. <laughs> and we're joined today by our favourite archer, Timbo. The Not Jeffrey, unfortunately, yeah, he right, wasn't yeah. available. But so, uh, <laughs> the budget didn't quite stretch that far. But, yeah. uh, Timbo, well, well, Timbo's, Timbo's still charging pretty exorbitant appearance for the fees, you have to say. That's for right. a bloke who rarely speaks at all. I'll tell you <laughs> what, yeah, his, uh, his paper word is, yeah. is quite exorbitant, <laughs> actually. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> Apparently his agent says he commands this sort of fee, but yeah, anyway, yeah. we're looking into it. But <laughs> <laughs> so for the purposes of uh, today, he's along for the ride, so uh, you, anything to contribute beyond what we've just said so far? I think you've uh, covered it pretty well, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more than we usually get out of him, so I feel we've yeah. got our money's worth. Comments from the super coach. Pick <laughs> <laughs> us off, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should get started now. Yeah, let's um, jump straight in. So uh, the first, the first, uh, the first track is about to hit. Uh, well, let's let's just play it. Yep. Maybe that's the way to go. Let's get it on. Let's get it on.
So that was Help I'm Alive by Metric. Dan, this was one of your choices. So yeah, well, I decided to start with this one because, well, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, I'm fucking obsessed with this song and this band at the moment. I only recently discovered them actually from watching Scott Pilgrim vs. The World um, and the fictional band in that, The Clash at Demon Head, um, did a song called Black Sheep, which was I discovered was a metric cover. Um, so, yeah, they're a Canadian indie rock band, um, but they've had, I think... Synthetica, which was the album after Fantasies, which this one was from, is their most recent one. I think that was their seventh album. So for an indie rock group to be releasing seven albums, you know they've got to have some sort of <laughs> musical ability. But um, yeah, as the experience we were talking about before was just yeah, getting home, chucking this in, and this is track one. And yeah, it just blew me away. I haven't, I haven't sort of listened to a new band like that that sort of just reached out and grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and sort of just got stuck in my head for the, like the three weeks since then. I must admit this is the only song of theirs that I know. I must admit that the only reason why I know this song is, is that it plays very significantly through, through NBA 2K10 oh, as a video game. Mm. And it's it comes up, yeah, they, I mean they have a, a good base of tracks on all of the NBA 2K yeah, uh, games. It's one of the, the things that actually makes them quite enjoyable is to listen to the things there. And yeah, this one, this two K ten probably had wasn't as strong as a lot of the other ones had been. And so this this song really jumped out at you. Oh, in terms of the soundtrack, yeah, relative I thought you to about the else. gaming interface yeah. or something. No, 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 no. So this one, this the, it played. They play songs in dead ball situations and through the mm-hmm. menus and things like that. And this one really jumped out in relation mm. to a lot of the other songs on that soundtrack. So I can, I can understand mm. that, that, I guess, you know, that shock to the system that yeah. you get from listening to it the first but, time. But then going through their albums as well, these are, I mean, I bought the Fantasies one and the Synthetical one. And they're 10 tracks and 11 tracks each. So there's, you know, there's not, it's, well, I think, 42 minutes 13, this, this first album. But there's not a misspent second in there. It is just compressed yeah. gold. And it's interesting, the last song on the album is actually a really good... Maybe that could be a future podcast for us. Last the best, song. Yeah, the best yeah. last songs on the album. But that's a really good one as well. So, mm. yeah. So all, that, all kill and no filler, you would say? More or less, yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly more so than a lot of the albums you listen to. These well, days. yeah, more so than All Kill and No Filler itself, yeah. which was another... Or any another album, album. Killers, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, so, yeah. Starting off with The Bang. Starting off with The Bang. I'm, I'm following up with The Bang, going with uh, a very predictable choice. Uh, yeah. I don't think you can... I don't think you could have a list without uh, featuring Nirvana on it. And... Um, of course, the the song that I've chosen is the first song off of Nevermind. I oh, mate, the if, one you, if, that, you the one the, that, if you say the word Nirvana, yeah. then you don't need to tell us which song you're going to pick. Well, yes. <laughs> we all so, know. <laughs> yeah. The song, the song, the breakout song, the song yeah. that made them famous, the song that made them popular. So here it is, Smells Like Teen Spirit.
wow. <laughs> it's all you can say. I mean, there is just so... It, it, it really does smell like teen spirit, doesn't it? There is just so much rage and angst and just everything teenager just bottled up into that song. Yeah. That, I mean, you talk about a song reaching out and grabbing you. That song <laughs> reaches out and just punches you in the nose. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, I have memories of this one because I was, I think, I was, I'm trying to remember, I was 15 or 16 when this came out, mm. and uh, yeah, it, it 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 really great, as you say, it it was the voice of the, that particular generation. Mm. Yeah, and oh, exactly. I was just going to say, it's a generation defining song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, the thing is, is that I don't think there's anybody aged between 20 and 40 who doesn't know that song. Anywhere and if they in the don't, world. we don't want to know them. Yeah, anywhere in the world, I think everybody knows that song. Mm. And, yeah, I, I I do remember hearing an interesting story about that particular song. One of the, the things that you don't notice is the double backing of the vocals there. And originally, Kurt Cobain actually didn't want to do that. And he was pushing adamantly against doing the double backing until the producer said to him, John Lennon double backed all of his songs. Mm. And as soon as he said that, Kurt was straight the back in the dropping. room. <laughs> Amazing story. It's good enough for John yeah, Lennon. Right. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for John yeah. Lennon. It was good enough for Kurt. And yeah. that was all we needed to hear. Yeah. And he was back into it. Mm. And so. not only that, but it did also give rise to one of the greatest parody songs of all time, Smells, Smells Like Nirvana by Weird Al. Yeah. That is, yeah, as good a comedy song as this and, is a rock song. And, and I mean, it's great hearing Will. I don't know if you've heard Will Weird Al's story about approaching Nirvana about doing this song. He no. uh, he spoke with Kurt Cobain. He likes to speak to, every, to yeah, all the yeah. artists before mm-hmm. he does it. The discussion he had with Kurt Cobain, and he's like, oh, since Kurt, he's like, oh, you know, I want to do a spoof of your song. He's like, oh, you're pulling the piss out of the, the words in terms of what the song itself stands for it's like no one can understand yeah it's like no 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 yeah. all, I, all I'm actually going to do is pull the piss out of the fact that no one can really understand yeah. what you're saying and he's like that's fine by me yeah yep and there it was if it's good enough for Mick Jagger and Jumping Jack Flash yeah. <laughs> it's good enough it's for good. me in this one so yeah yeah but I, th- I mean yeah Weird Al is actually in terms of modern musicians I would say he's possibly the most intelligent modern musician in the world the guy is actually something of a genius. I saw him once on a some sort of ubiquitous skit comedy show where he had prepared this series of palind- palindromic sentences. Yeah. Um, and there were these long and complicated sentences that read exactly the same forwards and backwards. And yeah. Yeah. it was it was really staggering to hear him talk about that. Yeah. So diversion. Uh, if you're a Weird Al fan, fan do yourself a favour and, and watch UHF. UHF is hilarious. Mm. <laughs> very funny movie, and it's Weird Al being Weird Al, basically. You'll notice a couple of very, very interesting cameos in that movie as well. One by a certain uh, Michael Richards. And, <laughs> yeah. That, and uh, Fran Drescher oh, as well. Luckily, you don't hear Fran Drescher speak too much in that movie. Oh, thank God. Do yourselves a favour, Molly Style. Get on to UHF. And also watch the start of Police Academy, where Frank Drebin steps off the plane and he's like, and you vultures are here wanting a piece of the story. And the guy goes, uh, no, Frank, 
They're here for Weird Al. He was on your flight. <laughs> I think you mean Naked Gun. Oh, the Naked Gun, yeah. yes. What did I say? You police said Police Academy. Naked Gun from the files of Police Academy. Yeah. I apologize. Peace Squad. Yeah. Police Squad. Come on. Come on. Get, get your, it together. Get your shit together. Jeez. I think it's time to move on. Next track. Check it and see There's something burning and rolling me We may not last but we'll have fun to the end Come on baby, be my bad boy So that was um, Bad Boyfriend um, by Garbage off their Bleed Like Me album and the reason I picked that as my next one was it's it's sort of quite similar to Metric Metric actually remind me a lot of Garbage in that they've got a chick singer in front of a very sort of heavy metal grunge rocking behind her but um, those guitar riffs at the start of that album yeah, that was one because Garbage were a band I had started listening to I had listened to their first three albums and I remember at the time I was listening to a lot of bands like I guess um, the Beatles and the Police and a lot of sort of old school bands so I wasn't actually getting the opportunity to buy a new album that had just been released by a band that I liked so I remember this was one when I heard it was coming out and I'd already heard the Why Do You Love Me single but this is one I was really excited about like oh this is probably the the first album I've bought in years where it's just come out and I remember yeah this was obviously the first time I listened to one and I was like oh yeah this is this is this is fantastic <laughs> yeah Why Do You Love Me is yeah probably mm. my favourite garbage yeah. song actually yeah. it's quite similar to that yeah. one actually in terms mm. of the sound and the and the driving just um yeah relentless guitar line backing it up but yeah another good one another good one <gasps> Timbo, you got anything to add on uh, on garbage? Oh, I, didn't even, I didn't even know it was the first song of the album. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> garbage. <laughs> oh, Timbo's been a bad boyfriend in this time. Before. Yeah, he knows a lot about that. So, <laughs> any jilted former lovers trying to get in contact with him, please don't bombard our email. That's address. exactly right. <laughs> He's been a bad, bad boyfriend for a good reason. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave Timbo alone! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alright, so I think it's time to jump headfirst into That's track right. number four. Your track number four, which is another one of my choices, which again is probably another obvious choice for... Um, Captain Obvious, strikes Cap- again. I'm going to be Captain Obvious with a, with a couple of these. Get the, get the obvious ones out of the way first and go with the more subtle ones toward the end. So, titillate. Um... This is off uh, an album that the uh, the title of the album is often disputed as to whether it's actually controversy. Here whether it's actually deemed as the self-titled album or whether it's actually referred to as the black album. Of course, I'm talking about Metallica and the first song on the said album, Enter Sandman.
Funny into the Sandman story. I remember. Into Sandman. Yeah, it's not into the Sandman. There is no, no the in there. <laughs> a funny into Sandman Thank story. Uh, I remember going to uh, to watch a, a, a friend of a friend's band play, and they they played this song. Now, the song on the album goes for just over five and a half minutes from memory. Mm. It's pretty lengthy for a modern yeah, yeah for a modern track. I swear their version went for two and a half, maybe three minutes. <laughs> It sounded like it was being played at triple time. It still sounds... I mean, the, I so guess it wasn't the exactly sound into Sandman, but no. more waking you up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing about it was, you know, even though it was incredibly short, it actually still sounded pretty decent. <laughs> actually, well, <there's laughs> which a, is probably a a broader representation of the track itself than the, a, their playing ability. <laughs> yeah. Well, on one of the um, the Office episodes. <laughs> Dwight Schrute and Andy Bernard are discussing songs that sound better a cappella. Well, they're saying that every song sounds better a cappella. <laughs> and Andy Bernard goes, Enter Sandman. It's definitely better a cappella. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. I played at twice the speed, still sounds better. Played at a cappella, still sounds better. <laughs> great, great album, um, whichever you want to call it, the Black Album or Metallica. Um, nothing else matters. Wherever I may roam. Um, well, it's interesting we were talking about iTunes before because Metallica were one of the most strident critics of the original Napster, Napster. and the whole music down. Into Sandman, Napster, wow, connection. Mm. There it is. That's right. This is deep. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, and of course, The Unforgiven. <laughs> the Unforgiven was the other song I was trying to think of off of that album. Mm. Very, you know, great, great. Great songs, yeah, and um, yeah, certainly a. Uh, it's the only Metallica album I actually own, but um, mm. I yeah, I love all of those songs. Hence the reason why I bought the album. But Enter Sandman in particular is yeah. probably the flagship song for Metallica. Oh yeah, I was just going to say yeah. If you if you talk uh, similar to um to Nirvana when you yeah. say Nirvana, that's uh, it smells like Teen Spirit for yeah. Metallica. Yeah, I'd say it's Enter Sandman. So moving on to. Uh, perhaps slightly less iconic song, this one, but for me it encapsulates everything I love about this band. And it's ACDC's Rock and Roll Damnation. From the album... Power Age. Here it is, Rock and Roll Damnation. criticisms of ACDC I guess is I think after um, Black Ice was released someone said to Angus Young so basically you've 
just released the same album 14 times now. And he went, no, we've released the same album 16 times. <laughs> so it is admittedly very formulaic, but my God, the formula works, doesn't it? Let's get Angus just belting out this ridiculously catchy guitar riff. We'll get Phil Rudd on the drums and um, Malcolm on the bass just driving things along. And then Bon Scott shrieking in over the top. It, yeah, I mean, there it is. <laughs> That's Akadaka in a nutshell. And this is the first track of what is my favourite album of theirs and what is considered to be, by a lot of critics, yeah, their, their, their most solid album from start to finish. And, of, yeah, you, ju- you just put it in and you hear the guitar riff and you're just like, oh, it's like slipping into a comfortable old pair of jeans, isn't it? It's like, oh, here we go, ACDC. You know exactly what you're going to get <laughs> and you're perfectly happy with that. You wouldn't buy it otherwise? No, you would not, my friend. You wouldn't buy it otherwise. All right, so... Moving on to... Let's uh, jump on to track number six. Track number six, which is another one of my choices. This yep. is where we... We start to diverge a little bit now. Uh, Two paths in a forest. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> I've chosen uh, one of my favourite bands is Pearl Jam. Uh, I think when when you're going to sit there and you say talking about Pearl Jam, I actually had a really tough choice between ten and verses as to which one I went with the first song for. The, both of them have very very good, uh, not very good, very very striking first impressions. Yeah. Uh, um, once on ten, yeah, and uh, and ver- and go from verses. Mm, well, it's interesting because I actually had to toss up between that one and Highway to Hell for yeah. ACDC. Yeah, so it's, it's it's it was a tricky choice. Mm. Now, I think ten was probably more critically acclaimed by a lot of people, but I love verses. Verses is my favourite Pearl Jam album. Yeah, so the reason. I've gone with Go Over once is for that very reason. Yep. I love I love that album. Oh, yeah. I listened to this song Ad Nauseam hmm. and this album Ad Nauseam while I was doing my final year of high school. Virtually before every major exam that I had, hmm. I chucked the verses on to kind of get into the mood to, to go and yeah, sit an exam. It's go time. It was go time, <laughs> exactly. So without further ado We have to go. Let's go. Dan, you mentioned to me that this was a song you probably weren't as familiar with. No, uh, I mean, it's good that I think it's good that you've picked it for this podcast because straight away you just listen to that start, and it, it's they're sort of mood changing songs. These mm. one aren't they? As soon as you hear them play, yeah, it, it does something. The atmosphere becomes electric. <laughs> and I mean, it's I th- also think that it's good that it's placed after ACDC because I think that the the, the formulaic way that you talked about ACDC mm. is very very similar with verses. You listen to this song, you listen to the first couple of minutes of this song, you pretty much knew what you were yeah, going to exactly. get through the rest yeah, of the album. It's a, it's a, it sets the tone for the album. Yeah. yeah. Go animal daughter review mirror. Um, Several other single words. Several. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, 
Death, WMA, all these great songs from this album, all no, very, very I think similar. that was actually the file type, Jeez, that's a Windows Media no. audio file. <laughs> well, that'd be cool, the file name could be WMA.WMA. That is a palindrome, my friends, see? Back reference, I love it. All right. Now, <laughs> as we're talking about albums, <laughs> when, when <laughs> I think Dan and I have both lost the plot right about now. So what we're going to do is we're going to throw a Timbo while we're just pulling all together. <laughs> while we experience technical difficulties. Yeah, I, I don't think I can clean up this car. car. <laughs> You're washing your hands of this train. <laughs> <train. laughs> so yeah. Timbo, Timbo said that as he's making a beeline for the front door. Yeah. So. But look, speaking of carnage, we're going to now go to the next track, which is track number one of my favourite album of all time, and it is Mr. Self-Destruct. So we're talking about albums. This was actually a, a track I downloaded. Now, I'd heard a lot about this Nine Inch Nails band um, before realising it wasn't actually a medical condition. It was, in fact, a band. And So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll download a few of them, see what they're like. And the first track I happened across was Mr. Self-Destruct. <laughs> so I downloaded it and pressed play. And... You would have heard the start there. I thought for you know for a minute there, I thought I had grabbed some sort of dodgy download or something like that. I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then, then the music began, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is pretty good." But then that that chorus with the guitars coming in over the top and him yelling over the top of that, I will remember till the day I die, just sitting there and thinking, "This is fucking awesome," and they have been my absolute favourite band ever since. And ironic, ironically enough, I found out later that this was track one off the Downward Spiral, which is far and away my favourite album of all time. And just for track, a bit and of, track eight is probably the the song from the Downward Spiral that they're most known for. Track five, track closer. Five, closer. Yeah. Track yeah, five. Which here's an interesting tidbit for you. Um, that is the most played song in strip clubs in the world. That doesn't surprise me one bit. I that's that's a nice little was, something to have in your CV. It was a, it? it was an incredibly popular song mm. in nightclubs when it first came oh, yeah. out. Yeah, and uh, yes, but yeah, so invariably, the, invariably, if you ever needed a cue for either strip clubs mm. or for bump and grinding on the dance yeah. floor, cue oh, up. Fuck you like an animal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cue up Trent. <laughs> but, but 
just yeah, for those who are interested, that um, interesting noises at the start of that is actually the it's a portion of THX one one three eight, a George Lucas directed film, mm-hmm. read straight off Wikipedia, everyone, of a prisoner being beaten in his cell, <laughs> and it just sounds so sort of random and and violent and just sort of yeah, so much pent up rage, but I think. That was everything that that album stood for. And that was the one that was actually recorded um, at the Pig Studios, which he called them, um, the, the site of the um, Sharon Tate murders by the Manson family. So, yeah, in, in, an incredibly iconic album for him. And one of the great tragedies was that because of his substance abuse, he had writer's block for several years after that. So the artists we've covered today include Bon Scott, who choked to death in his own vomit, Kurt Cobain, who shot himself, and um, Trent Reznor, who had writer's block and, yeah, couldn't produce a, another album for several years after that. So a bit of a <laughs> tragic theme going on throughout all this. It's not going to get any better as we finish. No, it is not. I know, I know where we're going, yeah, and it's not good. <laughs> but, I, I, and I mean, I think that... This is know, dark. <laughs> I think you also made the point that, you know, his career, when you consider he's now a... Uh... Well, he won an Oscar for um, for the soundtrack to The Social Network, which he did with Atticus Rose. And in terms of um, current musicians, he is hands down the single most versatile artist anywhere in the world. I mean, he went from absolute, yeah, head-banging, drug-taking, pissed off at the whole world grunge rocker to a uh, laptop nerd writing you know synthetic uh, yeah ele- electronica music um, based entirely off yeah sound machines off his laptop I don't think any other artist has sort of spanned that entire broad range of different musical styles so yes I, I love you Trent <laughs> <laughs> I think alright this is becoming a bit of a man crush here <laughs> Uh, he's. I, I think he was also. You. You might have to correct me on this. Was he the guy who um, went in concert and basically told people to download his album? That's the one. Yeah. I mean, we talk about Metallica who raged against Napster. Yeah. Here is the opposite end of the scale. There's a clip. It's from a concert in Sydney. Where so I see you guys are being asked to pay forty dollars for my albums over here. And so he. he Pause for a second. And so you know what you got to do, don't you? You got to steal them. You got to go online. You got to download these tracks for free. You should not be paying that much money. And I, when I also saw him in Perth, he also apologised for um, President George Bush fucking up the world's economy. So, yeah, a guy who's got very strong political views, but yeah, for for someone to come out and say that, geez, <laughs> all the record industry must have been shaking their boots. Yeah, and. One of his uh, Ghosts 1 to 4 albums, one of his more recent ones as well, that was just posted on his website rather than being released yeah. through any record industry. I think this is... So, yeah, mm, yeah. someone who really strongly believes in, I guess, yeah, the right to ev- for everyone to um, listen to music for free. Mm. Well, caring about his fans. Yeah. I think that that's, you know... 100% hot. <laughs> all hot. All <laughs> yeah. hot, baby. Another song that's, uh, that's all hot and... Uh, it's actually from an album I don't own, which has caused a little bit of controversy when we've been drawing up this list. But it's a song that I just absolutely love. Mm. And as it turned out, going away, doing some research for uh, 
for this particular podcast. Which we do actually do. You'd be surprised to know that yeah. we do do it. So you I know, appreciate this shit. A whopping 30 seconds of research, but research nonetheless. Yeah, plus my internet's slow. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Poor old Dan, you know, he's still working that dial-up connection like it's uh, going out of style. And more importantly, all these websites are blocked at work. So, <laughs> what can you say? But, um, as I said, discovered that the, this particular song was the first song off the album, Who's Next? Who's Next? Sorry? Not Who's Next? Who's Next? <laughs> that was a lesser known. <laughs> the lesser known. <laughs> parody that, album. That was right. The, the Weird Al, that was the Weird Al, yeah. the Weird Al parody of, of the Who's album, Who's Next? Um, Wasn't quite as successful. Not quite as successful, but this song gets used a hell of a lot these days. Mm. It's a group, purely because I think of the instrumental track that starts the song. Oh, it's just a fucking awesome song, really. But it is, absolutely. So, of course, we're talking about Bubba O'Reilly. So, uh, I guess without further... Good old Bubba, yeah. So, without further ado, here it is, Bubba O'Reilly. Check out that Teenage Wasteland. love listening to that don't you the way it yeah. builds up it's it's sort of a weird reference but it almost reminds me of um, a Beethoven symphony um, the second movement from the seventh symphony the way it just it starts with an idea and then it just expands outwards from there through different instruments and and yeah different calls callbacks to it and just it's just this simple very yeah. very uncomplicated uh, riff and then they just, yeah, extrapolate the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, I mean, I talked about Go, uh, Go earlier on when we were preparing for this podcast and saying that it was organised chaos. Mm. I think that I like to call this complex simplicity, which sounds stupid. <laughs> oh, I don't know. So seriously? <laughs> but it's, what they've done is, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really, as you say, it's a really simple yeah. concept, really simple thing. But the, the complexity yeah, behind exactly. what they're actually doing mm in there is it's so striking and that's what makes it so strong and so it is, yeah extrapolation is the best word for it isn't it it's just Ooh. starting with it and then just yeah. yeah expanding it outwards but yeah as you say a, a really really well used track and instrumental as well to that for, yeah well in terms of the entire yeah. like opening sequence there there's yeah. there's no lyrics or anything coming in over the top the music just speaks for itself mm. 
<laughs> and, kind of and, nice. and then when they actually bring the lyrics in, the lyrics add to, once again, but, uh, following again, the theme of the exactly. song, exactly, very simple. It's just another layer, yeah. exactly. They're not sort of. Yeah. Whereas with Akadaka, it's sort of Bon Scott coming in over the top. Here's the lyrics. Mm. With this song, it's more just, yep, here they are. We're just going to layer them in underneath everything else. Like yeah. a big birthday cake or some other probably better analogy. But, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Barbara Riley, great song. Great mm-hmm. song. Gets played a hell of a lot on my iPod. There it is. <laughs> Wasn't that actually used as one of the original um, iPod commercial songs? I don't remember it being so, but it may it may well have been. I think Apple have used it for yeah, something. I yeah. can't remember. I'm sure they have. Yeah, I've seen it, was, it in Apple yeah. before. I can't yeah. remember if it was that for for a MacBook, but it was something. Oh, that Apple has, Apple has <laughs> Apple have definitely used. That it. is very yeah. disappointing to me. So well, so here we are. We've reached the final um, two tracks, one each, and um, I guess the, the overall theme of this has been first songs from albums. So the albums do matter. I think it sets the tone for the album. So, I mean, so far I've had, I guess, my favourite current album, my favourite garbage album, my favourite ACDC album, my favourite album of all time. And then finally, we come to my last track, which is simply the greatest album of all time. And here is track one from that album. astute listeners out there would have realised that that was the, the track we were going to play, but of course, yeah, Sergeant Peppers I mean, if there's one thing on which musical critics the world over tend to agree, it's that this was the pinnacle of um, artistic <laughs> uh, yeah, it was the chief artistic triumph of the greatest band of all time, this, this was the pinnacle for them um, and whenever greatest albums of all time are, are voted upon or you know argued about this invariably comes out as number one every single time yeah and you um, I've talked to a couple of beta beta files or whatever you want to call Beatles files Beatles files about uh, you know about this topic and about their favourite album of theirs and they some of them don't say that it's it's interesting this is an interesting dichotomy but I don't know if it has to be your favourite but I think in terms of I guess, yeah, quality across yeah. the board from start that's, to finish. That's yeah. probably right. And I think you, you you made a mention of that in a previous podcast. We talked about who we, who we thought was the most yeah. underrated band of all yeah. time. And you, your comment about the Beatles, I think, was right on the money, is that they have to be arguably the most underrated band of all time because there's so many people out there who, mm. refuse, no one rec- who refuse to acknowledge yeah. that they are the best of all time. Yep. And I am the greatest. <laughs> so, but yeah, Sergeant Peppers um, released what in mid sixties? I think it was sixty seven yeah. from memory. Yeah. Um, amazing how well it still holds up so many years down oh, the track now. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the interesting 
you make a good point about their albums is that a lot of their most iconic, well-known songs, hardly any of them actually come from this album, you'd have to say. That's right. But I think... <coughs> This for, for quality of for, for quality of mm. upper echelon songs, the White Album generally oh, is covered. And I think uh, I Am Sam is the film where they yeah. talk about it, where they say the band wanted to try different things. You can hear it on the White Album. Yeah. By that stage, they're almost they're starting to pull in different directions. You can you can sense it in that one, but yeah, and yeah, I think that that's right. And. That's probably as good a segue as we can possibly get for the last song yeah. on this on this particular set, which is one of those efforts. And I think that this is probably the most covered song of all time. Oh, I, well, if we're talking about I, great albums and everything, yeah. this this would have to be the best. And song I, of all time. I personally think that this is the best song of all time. Yeah. No arguments um, here. So, of course, talking about John Lennon's "Imagine," which is the first song off of the album of the same title. So. You may say we're dreamers, but we're not the only ones. Here we go. I apologise for that. That was awful. I think we're well below the word quota from uh, Mr. Archer, so it might be worth getting his take on the, uh, the oh, song Imagine. probably above his average, though. Yeah, I can't <laughs> say I've uh, really ever listened to that song. <laughs> really? Imagine. Oh, Tim. I might have heard it before, but I wouldn't have been able to match it up with the title. Might have only heard it like a couple of thousand times, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I was a bit more of a, uh, a death metal person in my yeah. younger years. But I, I'm just so invited yeah. this guy. Oh, fuck's sake. The what fuck is this? <laughs> I think I've made the comment that I've heard this song covered a hell of a lot. I've never heard never it covered. Well. Never well. I've never heard it covered badly. Oh, really? Yeah. It's never the you same, but I've yeah. never heard it covered badly. Oh, okay, well, I mean, one thing, just with the way my mind works let's put it that way is that I can notice every sort of every misplaced note every slightly mm. out of out of tune um, s- yeah. lyric so with a song like this I would I would never listen to someone covering it because I just think the original is so imperfect but so perfect in its own way I mean the audio is not great the, there's nothing particularly iconic about the um you know the piano behind it. His voice, you know, it breaks on a couple of notes. John Lennon was never a, you know, a, a fantastic singer, mm. but I guess as a whole, it's it's so much greater than the sum of its parts, mm. isn't it? Yeah, and I remember um, hearing my favourite band cover this, and during the middle of the song in the intermission part, the uh, the lead singer made a point that I think is very poignant, which is that you can never hear this song enough times. No. 
That's right. And uh, Timbo, take note. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, we, we're going to lock Timbo in a room and test that theory out. Yeah, it might be a bit of the old, <laughs> the old prisoner being beaten from uh, yeah, the right. start of Mr. Self-Destructor, I think. Yes. So. But there's our, there's our wrap-up of uh, our top ten best opening yep. tracks from an album. And, and look, I think for everyone out there, I think we've decided upon a, a message with which we'd like to finish this particular podcast and yes. it, it is a message for, for our generation I think so uh, a good note on which to finish yes so, so until next time later skaters later hosen steal it steal away steal and steal and steal some more and give it to all your friends and keep on stealing